very good evening and welcome to our listeners on Manx Radio AM 1368 and digital to the latest edition of Saturday Sport Classified here on Manx Radio, bringing you all the results and analysis from today's football, rugby and hockey fixtures across the Isle of Man and beyond. Let's start then tonight and get straight into the classified results across the different sports. We'll start then with Manx football. In the Canada Life Men's Premier League, St Mary's 2, St George's 3. Air United 6, Braddon 1. St John's United versus Laxey postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Russian United 1, Ramsey 2. Peel 7, Union Mills 0. Douglas Royal 1, Moran 4. In DPS Limited Division 2, Governors Athletic 2, Castletown 3. Foxdale 2, Onken 2. Ramsey Youth Centre Old Boys 3, Maloo 2. Jim's 2, Douglas and District 2. Douglas High School Old Boys 7, Paul Rose 1. In Canada Life Combination 1, Braddon vs Air United postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Laxey 1, St John's United 2. Ramsey 3, Russian United 2. Union Mills 3, Peel 1. Moran 7, Douglas Royal 1. In DPS Limited Combination 2. Douglas Athletic 5, Michael United 2. Castletown 3, Governors Athletic 1. Onken 8, Foxdale 2. Maloo 0, Ramsey Youth Centre and Old Boys 11. And Douglasson District 7, Jim's 2. Turning now to rugby. The Regional 2 Northwest. Birkenhead Park 29, Douglas 10. In the counties for ADM, Lanks Cheshire Division. Blackpool 14, Vagabonds 27. In the Ravenscroft Manx Shield, Ramsey 64, Isle of Man Barbarians 31. And now the results in Manx Hockey. The Mixed Cup semi-finals. Valkyres A3, Castletown Celts 3, Valkyres win 5-3 on penalty strokes. Vikings A3, Backers A4. In the Mixed Plate semi-finals. Valkyres C6, Castletown Camags 1. Valkyres B0, Castletown Southerners 1. In the Mixed Bowl semi-finals. Valkyres D1, Vikings D3. Backers Colts 1, Ramsey Ravens 1, Backers win 3-1 on penalty strokes. And the mixed under-15s league. Ramsey Rogues and Rascals 1, Backers A11. Backers B3, Castletown Sabres 2. Castletown Sharks 3, Vikings 1. And Valkyres 5, Harlequins 3. Those are your classified results in Manx football, rugby and hockey across the Isle of Man today, Saturday the 4th of November 2023. Well now let's take a look at what has been another busy day in Manx football. As we mentioned before, there were just a couple of games postponed, but thankfully the vast majority of fixtures went ahead on Ireland today and plenty of entertaining and riveting results to take a look at. So we'll bring him in for the first time this evening. Good evening, Tony Mappham. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening. It's still afternoon, Rob, but uh, pretty dark out there. But yeah, we've been very lucky. And uh, I have to say, because 
we judged it at lunchtime just talking about uh, Foxtail's pitch. Held up really well, so credit to everyone who's worked on that pitch. A uh, little uh, few slide tackles going in there, but uh, yeah, we've got away with it uh, quite good uh, today with just that uh, Braddon game and also uh, the St John's game being lost due to the weather. And they'll be rearranged in due course as well. Yeah, well, just to give you the heads up, um, you know, we've uh, sort of changed it a little bit uh, this year and um, that uh, St John's and Laxey game will be rearranged a fortnight this Tuesday uh, because uh, it does have uh, sort of ramifications for the Railway Cup. So we need to get those out of the way and it's an opportunity there because St John's have got floodlights. Very well. Well, let's take a look at the games that went ahead today. We'll start the Canada Life Men's Premier League. All games kicked off at two o'clock. The earlier kickoff times now in place for the uh, next few weeks after the clocks went back last weekend. Well, one of them was slightly earlier, and that was at one forty-five. It was at St Mary's versus St George's, and uh, St Mary's were looking to keep the pressure on Air United at the top of the table today. They came up against St George's side who hadn't won since mid-September in the league. That all changed today, though. St Mary's two, St George's three. Tony. Yeah, that's a great result, and uh, we'll get a match report a few in a minute but um, certainly uh, today St George is a lot stronger squad wise uh, Johnny Myers wasn't here to witness it sorry Johnny but maybe it might be uh, worthwhile him staying away and going to watch Everton a few more times because um, they've just slipped up as well as uh, finished up 1-1 but uh, Richard Wynn uh, got the first one for St George's Jacob Coop got a goal and Connor Birch as well uh, but for uh, St Mary's they had a right good goal didn't they in the end Therese Thompson got the first and Nathan Holso I think scored from a free kick what do you think of the game Rob? Well, taking a look at it, St George's actually started off uh, pretty lively. Got that first goal in the fourth minute through Richard Wynn. Uh, Jacob Crook, a big part of that. His shot uh, palmed away by Steve Coston just into the path of Richard Wynn, who was uh, in their poacher's goal, I think it's fair to say, from uh, just a couple of yards out and into an empty net. After that, possession-wise, it was all St Mary's. It just seemed as if there's, uh, St Mary's just couldn't quite get that final ball, that little bit of quality in the final third, because Ben Wilkinson was largely untested throughout the first half. And then St George's, they managed to hit St Mary's on the break as the host just kept chipping away Sam Kane releasing Jacob Crook through on goal who was a nightmare for that uh, St Mary's defence down that left hand side all day Crook in on goal up against Collister Collister managed to make the save kept himself big but just for the fortune of Jacob Crook a misfortune of Steve Collister it fell right back into the feet of Jacob Crook just to roll it into an empty net and then to the second half St George's they started the second half as they did the first uh, Connor Birch getting in on the action Morgan Naylor with a free kick from the left into the six yard box fell to the feet of Connor Birch who almost uh, sliced the half volley effort and it went beyond the rooted Steve Colliston to the goalkeeper's bottom right-hand corner. There was some quite big protests, particularly from the St Mary's dugouts, to whether it was a high boot from Connor Birch on that effort. The referee waved the protests away and the goal did stand. But just a few minutes later, St Mary's, they just found their rhythm a little bit going forward. Neat little interchange around the St George's penalty area and then a finely weighted through ball to the onrushing Tyrese Thompson, who up against Ben Wilkinson, who'd had very little to do up until that point. Thompson with a very composed finish into the bottom corner as well. That led St Mary's back on the charge again. A lot of the football was a game played in the St George's half and a Nathan Halsall free kick with around 15 minutes to go out on that right-hand side. Curled it in left-footed. Was it a shot? Was it a cross? It's certainly plenty of players attacking it in the six-yard area, but it seemed to go right over the top of them. And Ben Wilkinson, maybe a little bit unsighted, just couldn't react in time as it sailed past him, just squirmed under him and into the bottom corner. St Mary's, they kept hammering away, had a couple of half chances towards the end of the game. But St George's, they've hung on for what is a big scalp for them in their battle to stay away from that relegation zone. Tony, for both St Mary's and St George's. We'll start with St Mary's actually. It was a um, defeat for them today. Two big games coming up against Corinthians and Air United in the next couple of weeks. Um, what do you think that means for them going into the next two games? What will Alex Harrison have been saying to his team after that? 
I think, um, to be fair, St Mary's have played really well this season, so I don't think Alex will be too hard on them because, um, you know, it's football, it's sports, and some days it goes free and some days it doesn't. You know, today St George's uh, were a lot stronger. Let's have a look at the squads first because Sean Quay had come back into the squad. Uh, you've got Connor Birch who's been missing for a while. Jacob Crook could play. Uh, you've got Ben Wilkinson, and you rightly say, that he didn't really have much to do, but he made a worldie, didn't he? He made a world in the last save. in the last few minutes. It was a James Murphy. It was a cracking strike. I was on the perfect angle to see it. Looked destined for the top corner, and Ben Wilkinson. Not quite sure how he reached it, but tipped it around the post. It was a fine save and kept St George's ahead. Well, I said, but if he hadn't made that save, then it would have been three three, uh, possibly, and uh, points uh, sort of shared. But that three points is so valuable for St George's because when you look at the bottom four, you've got uh, Moran who won today, so they go on six points. You've got. Also, Braddon there, who were on six points uh, today. Douglas Royal losing heavily to Moran has cost them dearly. And those three points for St George's just lifts them out. And I always say, if you're going to survive in this league, you need be about 14, 17 points. So that's a good start uh, for uh, St George's. But uh, when I look at um, sort of St Mary's, I think they've done well, as well with St George's. It's a real battle for them. And there's a few people out there who keep having a little dig about them. Okay, they've been the standout club for about 15 years solid. This year, they're they're having to fight the trenches, if you like, and they've tried so, so hard. They've only got one team to pick players from. Uh, They're working with a small squad of like 14, 15 players. And when Chris Bass comes back and plays, they're going to be even stronger there. And it's just get them out of this danger zone that they're in at the moment. And then next year, hopefully, they can regroup with their two teams. But, you know, they're two standout sides when you look at the history of Manx football and uh, today they've had a competitive game. Speaking of uh, Chris Bass, I actually did have a, a very brief conversation with him. I arrived at the bowl earlier. Was he mentioned he? that he was he was in the dugout and he said that uh, he believes that if all goes to plan, he could be around five or six weeks away uh, from uh, returning to uh, fitness. Obviously, completely depends what happens over the next uh, few weeks, but he'd be a big addition to come back. And of course, Kieran McNulty not playing for St George's today either. OK, let's move yeah. it on. Let's look up to the north of the island. Air United were looking to continue their perfect start of eight wins from eight Uber Andreas playing fields today against the newly promoted Braddon, who after a promising start have had some tough results results in recent weeks and it was a tough outing for the visitors today at Air United a commanding display in front of goal they remain top of the Premier League Air United beating Braddon by six goals to one and let's go with the star of the show and that's Danny Oram four goals for him today absolutely flying and uh, I don't know who won player of the month for uh, October but he must have been uh, sort of knocking on the door uh, because he tremendous and it's carried on again today uh, Sean Kelly got one as well and uh, Jamie uh, Callister always uh, pops up with the odd goal so really good performance for them that's what nine out of nine 27 points and I think that puts them near enough uh, in the uh, railway cup I know on goal difference I think they can be taken out of it but uh, you know absolutely brilliant for a team that at the start of the season everyone was tipping laxy looking at air a little bit some areas were looking good and it's gone really well for them but um, you know Joe Burrow's got that goal for Bradham but when you're playing against a team like Aero playing at the moment. It's very difficult to deal with, and that's what's happened for Braddon today. Well, the game out at Mulner Chloe, St John's United and Laxey, that was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch to be rearranged in due course. Then down to the south of the island, Russian United facing high-flying Ramsey. And uh, Ramsey coming out on top today by two goals to one in what was a bit of a landmark moment in recent years because it marks Ramsey's first win at Russian United since 2014. Nine years, Tony. Yeah, that's mega, that. And, uh, you know, Ramsey have been sort of 
there or thereabouts over the last two or three years. I think um, Anthony Cooper and the boys down there have done a great job in building a team together and uh, developing players because a lot of them are good young players. Um, one today, Charlie uh, Higgins uh, scored. Uh, Dylan Pickles got one as well. So two promising players. Charlie speaks for himself. He's tremendous. And uh, an own goal uh, for uh, Russian to sort of keep the minute. But that's uh, Russian's bit of a problem at the moment. He's scoring goals. And today they've only got a goal because uh, Ramsey got an OG. But uh, it keeps the pressure on at the top. Ramsey now have played nine uh, for uh, 22. And they're closing in on qualification for the Railway Cup as well. So it's, it's brilliant to watch. Very well, then we move out to uh, the west of the island again and uh, peel up against Union Mills. Union Mills, a chequered season so far, had some brilliant results mixed in with some that uh, maybe they wouldn't have quite liked so much and peel with a bit of a job on their hands to defend this Premier League title that they won last season. Well, they've gone the right way about it, certainly today, a big result for them on home turf. They've beaten Union Mills by seven goals to nil. Yeah, and I think uh, the big problem is uh, for uh, Union Mills is just trying to find that form that they had uh, last year and you know, th- something's missing and I'm sure they'll get to the bottom of it. But uh, certainly Peel, they are going to find it hard, Rob, to uh, defend. And uh, today, just a, a bit of a report on it, was uh, Lee Gale with uh, three goals, uh, one from the penalty spot. Taylor Andrews with a couple of g- again, so that's five and two for him. Paul Whitehead, name on the score sheet. Thomas Brown as well. Uh, but uh, three goals in three minutes, 25-28. That's what caused the damage and uh, accounted for Union Mills, and Peel could easily have double figures in the first half alone. The attacking play is as good as uh, Colin Moore's seen at Peel for some years since uh, Ashley Webster, I think it'll be, jo- it says Josh, Josh Kelly, and probably Lee Gale. So that's some accolade for the Peel forward line. And as I said to you at lunchtime, Thomas Brown's quick, he's tricky, he'll come good. Paul Whitehead is so strong, he helps things. And Lee Gale, since he's concentrated on his club football, I think he's got his mojo back and um, Lee Gale's one of the best players on the Isle of Man and uh, he's proved it again today with three goals. And the remaining game, the Canada Ife Men's Premier League today was a big one in terms of toward the bottom of the table. The bottom two sides meeting second from bottom, Douglas Royal hosting Moran and uh, the visitors with a big three points today at uh, Bala Fletcher beating Douglas Royal by four goals to one, Tony. Well, it's huge because uh, when you look at the league table now, uh, Douglas Royal go uh, bottom and there uh, they've played nine for five and there's two teams just above them and that's Moran on six who've played ten and uh, Brad New have played uh, nine for six. So, yeah, it was a big, big statement for Moran and didn't see this one coming and uh, good luck to everyone as well because I think it's Moran's Melia uh, tonight in the uh, Crosby. So if you, you want something, uh, you know, it's always veg in it, carrots, spuds, whatever, it's all there to be had. Uh, but uh, today it was uh, Connor Gilbert with uh, one uh, Carl Hartman uh, got another. Uh, Tom Redman got his name on the score sheet and a special goal as well. Lewis Brew, because his dad's the manager, puts a lot of time and it means everything to him, that club. And uh, he scored a goal today, but uh, James Callot was who got the goal for Douglas Royal. Could be a lively night in the Crosby. Uh, I think it could be with the combi winning as well. Indeed, and we will get to that result in a little bit. We'll move on to DPS Limited uh, Division 2. Governor's Athletic facing Castletown over at uh, Colby today and uh, Castletown with ambitions to try and keep tabs on some of the other top teams around them in the push for promotion. They've done it today, but only just about against a very spirited Governor's Athletic side today. It finished Governor's Athletic 2, Castletown 3. Yeah, that was close. And uh, certainly today, Nathan Cardi's had an eventful day because he got a goal and then got a red card. Uh, so they're going to be missing out on him, which is a shame because he's been in good form of late. Alex uh, Crawley got his name on the score sheet and Ash Egan uh, just signed uh, for Castletown, uh, got the third one. So keeps the pressure on at the top of the table. We'll come to Foxdale and Onken in a minute. 
Uh, but uh, Governors, good battle. We haven't got the goal scorers. If you could text us through, please, 166-177. Yes, please, any scorers do send them in. 166-177, as Tony has rightly pointed out. Now we move over to uh, Billy Goat Park and a fixture that uh, many people had an eye on today as uh, two of the Division 2 promotion hopefuls met. Uh, Foxdale, unbeaten start to the season, top of Division 2, up against an Onken side who have uh, at times been free-flowing in the goals they've been scoring but still trying to make up ground on their hosts today. Tony, this was the game you were at and I, I understand it had a great attendance as well and was an entertaining affair for those who actually made the journey to Billy Goat Park because it finished Foxdale 2, Onken 2. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it and uh, the first half, you know, Onken deserved it. Uh, because uh, Leo Fox it was who got the uh, first goal and it was a uh, good cross in from the left-hand side. I think it was uh, just Char- uh, uh, Charmer, that, uh, not Charmer that got it. It was um, uh, Jackson Gatt who got the goal. He crossed, uh, the ball crossed in. Leo Fox was there, penalty spot, uh, hit it with his left foot and it went uh, past the goalkeeper, couldn't do much about it. And then when Adam McCulloch made it uh, 2-0 in the second half, it was a great finish because it was a great touch by Adam. And uh, he just looked at the goalkeeper, saw him in the middle of the goal and played it to the goalkeeper's left-hand side. He couldn't reach it because Adam hit it so well. And 2-0, you just think that's okay. But the thing is, when Adam scored, Foxdale were playing really well because whatever uh, Anthony Corkle said to them, the manager at half-time, come on, boys, we can do this. They had belief in themselves and they had some chances, but McCulloch made it 2-0 and he just thought they're going to sink now. But it didn't happen. Uh, Second-half substitute, Charlie Harrison, Finished his goal really well. Good young player, Charlie. And uh, then it was uh, Liam Cannon, Cannonball, who got the second one, 2-2. And uh, Dean Betridge had a golden opportunity in the last minute. Young lad, goal in front of him. And unfortunately, he just couldn't keep it on target. And uh, the goal went. So Foxdale 2, Onken 2. Onken disappointed with the result. But I thought it was a fair result. And uh, Foxdale still top of the table. Very well. Then we have uh, Ramsey Youth Centre and All Boys uh, meeting Malou and Ramsey Youth Centre All Boys coming out on top of this one. Another entertaining affair by the looks of it at least. Ramsey Youth Centre All Boys 3, Malou 2. Yeah, good battle by the look of it. Jamie Brew on the score sheet again with two today. Well done, Jamie. Uh, Sh- uh, Sean Crawley got the other one. Haven't got Malou's goal scorers. 166-177 if you can. But that uh, sort of helps uh, Ramsey Youth Centre. It now puts them on 10 points. A little bit closer to uh, Onken. They're only five behind them now. And uh, the dreaded start of the season for Youthy where they were really struggling uh, seems to have disappeared and now they start putting the points on the board and then we had Jims and Douglas and District the spoils shared today two goals apiece 2-2 yeah 2-2 uh, Matthew McKee- uh, Keeman and uh, Harry Wilson got the goals for Jims Lewis uh, Qualtrough got the first for uh, D&D and then Daniel Stewart Clegg got the uh, second goal for D&D from the penalty spot point shared and lastly, in the DPS Limited Division 2, Douglas High School All Boys hosting Paul Rose today. Paul Rose, it's been a, a difficult uh, start to life this season in Division 2 for them. It's uh, another tricky day for them today. Uh, Douglas High School All Boys 7, Paul Rose 1. It is, but they never give up, and everyone says that about Paul Rose. And uh, Brian Lowther uh, got the goal for Paul Rose. But what was interesting, I think we we're about 10 minutes into this game, and I'd already had three phone calls to say that it was 3 0. So I don't know what happened the first 10 or 15 minutes because uh, old boys were running riot. Craig Stewart got four of them. Uh, Callum Stewart got one and Jacob Stones got a, a couple of goals. Old boy seven, Paul Rose one. Well, that's DPS Limited Division 2. Let's take a look into the Combination League, starting off with Canada Life Combination 1. Braddon versus A United postponed today due to a waterlogged pitch. Uh, Laxey 1, St John's United 2. Michael Fernandez, uh, goal scorer for Laxey. Well done, Mike. And uh, for St John's, I think Laxey were 1-0 up. Pedro Cadoza got one uh, for the Jonas and Stephen Chadwick got the second. 
And up in the north of the Balaclone Stadium, Ramsey versus Russian United. Well, Ramsey's combi team doing just what their first team did as well. They've taken victory today, three goals and three points. Ramsey three, Russian United two. Yeah, there's a right battle going on, isn't there, in this uh, DPS? Uh, sorry, Life uh, combination one. And it was uh, Ramsey today who uh, Russian flying last season and this year I think that's their third defeat Luke Roberts got one Lockie Denham got the second but for uh, Ramsey it was uh, Cormac Smith with one Jack uh, Gilbert got a goal and Ryan Kelly got the other one good result for Ramsey and then out at Gary Moore Union Mills three Peel one yeah Union Mills uh, keeping the pressure on their third in the league played eight for 17 and it was uh, Jack Murray in the combination today he got a couple of goals Carl Uren uh, got the other one. It was Sam Chapman who got the goal for Peel. In the game uh, over out in the west of the island, Moran versus Douglas Royal. Moran uh, following in the footsteps almost of what their first team did today. The first team getting three points and Moran Comby also getting a big three points and in some style as well today. Moran seven, Douglas Royal one. Yeah, a bit of a difference uh, between the two teams in the league because Moran is seventh, Douglas Royal are at the bottom. But, uh, you know, Moran are on uh, not, uh, 12 points, uh, sorry, and uh, Douglas Royal are on three. So there's not a lot between them, but Noah Dale Beaton got two goals for Moran. Uh, Ethan uh, Riddy got uh, three, Bobby Thorne got one, and Reese Westwell, cracker result for Moran, haven't got road scorer. And then last but certainly not least in the footballing side of things today, DPS Limited combination two, Douglas Athletic five, Michael United two. Richard uh, Foden, a goal for Douglas Athletic, Re- Graham Duggan rolling back the years, he got one as well. Lee Ford wasn't going to be outdone by Graham, he got two. And uh, John McMullen uh, got the other one for Michael. It was uh, Kyle Moore. Good to see Bailey Ashton back after his uh, back injury. Uh, He got the other one for Michael. And down in the south of the island, Castletown 3, Governors Athletic 1. I haven't got Governors goalscorer, but for Castletown it was Mike Thompson and Kean Cottam uh, and an own goal, the three goals for Castletown. And Onken versus Foxdale, big win for Onken combination in this one, beating Foxdale by eight goals to two. Yeah, it is a huge win and uh, no doubt about it. Uh, the man who did all the damage today, Kieran Brown, he got four. Uh, Billy Coulter got a goal. Joe Wellington got one and Lewis Dawson. For Foxdale, it was uh, John Phillips and Josh Fairhurst who got the second. We say that was a big scoreline. There was an even bigger one out in the south of the island between Malou and Ramsey Youth Centre Old Boys and all in one direction as well. An emphatic victory for uh, Ramsey Youth Centre Old Boys today, beating Malou by 11 goals to nil. Yeah, and it doesn't quite get them on the top of the table. They've uh, joined Douglas High School Old Boys with uh, 21 points, but still need another 10 goals to try and uh, topple them off that perch. But Brandon uh, Bignall got three, Mark McClure got one, Cross Crawford got a couple of goals, Ryan Quiggs got two, uh, Ricky Russell, uh, Shkabuka got one, and Joseph Delaney got the other one. That's a cracking result for Youthy. Indeed, and uh, finally today in uh, DPS Limited Combination 2, Douglas and District 7, Jim's 2. Yeah, and I think I've got the uh, goal scorers for uh, D&D, if I can uh, get them up, because it uh, came in. Uh, there it is, I think it is. Uh, D&D uh, 7, Jim's 2, 3-2 uh, at half time. Uh, the goal scorers for D&D was Carl uh, Clark with 1, uh, Will Smith got two. I'll never hear the end of this one. Mark Quirk got four. Uh, that's Clark's first competitive goal for the club and Smith's first goals of the season. Thanks, Dave, for that. Uh, for uh, Jim's, the goal scorers were Mackenzie Corkle and John Duke.
Well, those are the results today. Well, we'll be speaking in just a moment to Dave Christian to take a look at today's rugby results. But, uh, Tony, just one final question before we uh, let you go for the evening. Something we caught up on a few weeks back, but maybe just to find a bit of an update, if indeed there is one. Uh, there were ideas mooted uh, before the uh, start of the season about uh, a potential change in the league structure going forward. And at the stage that we last spoke toward the end of August going into September, these were not official proposals, but they were circulated to clubs for clubs to give their feedback on. Um, has there been any progress on this particular concept at all? Yeah, good progress. A lot of people talking. Uh, we need to find out the information. Uh, the good thing about it is that the decision to go for it or not will be uh, by the uh, clubs, which is good. Uh, but the league management uh, committee met with uh, one or two sort of people who we feel their clubs could find a problem or there might be a plus in there. And, um, you know, there's lots of information uh, come out. The next uh, move now is uh, for, obviously the uh, League Management Committee to uh, sit down and speak to the Development uh, Committee at the Isle of Man FA and then we'll bring in everyone together in the room and just uh, discuss it. There are some pitfalls. Uh, the big pluses is we're trying to increase participation. That's something that we can't gauge, Rob. That's very difficult to work that one out. Uh, we've got to be so, so careful because if it's going to get altered, um, then we've got to make sure it's for the right reasons and Increase of participation is what it's all about. So uh, it's going to be hard to, to sort of look at that, but we'll try anything. You know, it's like anything. If you stand still, uh, it might just uh, sort of miss out on a few players, which we don't want to do that. But a um, bit of work to do, but uh, it'll probably go forward, I would think, uh, as a possible change, maybe in March, and then the clubs will take the vote. So, you know, it could go anywhere. We'll wait and see. Tony Meppen, thank you very much, as always. Manx Radio Sport. Turning our attention to rugby now and uh, the big headlines going into the weekend where the Douglas and Vagabonds were returning to action in UK competition this weekend after a week off last time out. Meanwhile, it was the latest instalment of the Ravenscroft Manx Shield in the north of the island earlier today. Douglas in the Regional 2 Northwest, they were having a big task on their hands at the league leaders Birkenhead Park today. Vagabonds, who've had a great start to life already in the counties for ADM Lanks Cheshire Division, up against a Blackpool side who were rooted to the bottom of the table with Vagabonds out there to try and take maximum points today and in the Ravenscroft Manx Shield Ramsey up against the combined Isle of Man Barbarian side well delighted to be joined now by our rugby correspondent Dave Christian who can hopefully run us through the details Dave take us through what has been happening today in Manx Rugby well we start uh, with the uh, highest up in the pecking order I guess that's Douglas at level 6 regional 2 Northwest. Lost 29-10 away at Birkenhead Park. Uh, Birkenhead Park are the joint leaders of the league. Uh, they are joint with Bowden. And uh, unfortunately for Douglas, things don't get easier for them because they play Bowden next Saturday at Portici. Uh, they will have home advantage, I guess. But uh, uh, yeah, the, the two teams at the top of the table back-to-back -back is not a nice way to begin November. 29-10 uh, today, Sam McCord crossed the Douglas's only try of the game. Luke Highland's boot kept them respectable with a penalty and a conversion, uh, but uh, sadly not quite enough against the team that are unbeaten, so, uh, only lost sorry one in seven so far this season. And uh, Douglas's uh, historic record against them, I think, now is uh, uh, two wins from nine meetings. So uh, they're not uh, 
not full-on bogey team, but they're not far away from it, I guess. Um, the uh, table does take a little bit of a shape, though, uh, because wins elsewhere see Douglas drop a place to ninth, and it's very, very tight at that bottom end of the table. I think there's uh, four or five teams all down there, and they're separated by only a few points. Uh, vale of Loon, Liverpool, St Helens, Kirby, Lonsdale, Douglas and Winnington Park, six points separating those five teams. So uh, things are getting a little bit competitive down there. Uh, Douglas uh, with that tough fixture next week. And uh, I think, well, Vale of Loon uh, are down there at the bottom. I think they've got a home match against Whitchurch. They may or may not pick up points there. But Winnington Park away at Crewe and Nantwich, that's not going to... uh, uh, it's not going to disadvantage Douglas Kerr and Nantwich are in third place, so uh, they're unlikely to uh, lose at home uh, against Douglas's nearest rivals. So, yeah, uh, not a good day for Douglas, but uh, it's not a bad result in terms of respectability. Uh, they weren't absolutely uh, uh, thrashed this afternoon, and 29-10 is fairly respectable, and I think they go into that boating game next week with a little bit of confidence. In counties for ADM, you're quite right, Rob. Uh, Vagabond's charge is continuing. 27-14, they won away at Blackpool. Uh, Cam Finley, Josh Moden and Daniel Bonwick all went over for tries for Vagabonds. Finley's boot added the rest in uh, conversions. He had three conversions, a penalty and a drop goal, which I'm told he modestly described as majestic. Um, the result leaves Vagabonds in third place in the standings. Second place, Colden Nelson had a toughie this afternoon away at Birchfield, but uh, they picked up some points there. They won away, but with no bonus points. And the gap between them and Vagabonds uh, remains at four points, although Vagabonds do have one game extra played. I'm not sure how that's going to work out come the end of the season, uh, but Vagabonds there and thereabouts and really yeah, pushing hard at the top of the table. In the uh, Ravenscroft Manx Shield, uh, the uh, Isle of Man Barbarians experiment kicked off this afternoon, and it wasn't that bad. They had some quality players in there, uh, from Douglas to the likes of uh, John Dutnell, who ran his legs off all game, never stopped. They had Harry Corrin, who scored three tries this afternoon. We'll talk about that in a moment. And uh, they really did cause some problems for Ramsey. After 20 minutes, the game was tied 5-5. Tom Dutnell's score for Barbarians cancelled out Eddie Platchy's opener for Ramsey, and that was on Eddie's senior debut, so congratulations to him for a good afternoon. Uh, Ramsey then ran away with the game for a short period in the first half. Tries from Nathan Robson, Brandon Atchison, and Jake Richmond stretched that lead out, and as half-time was approaching, Conor McCuchan and Harry Corrin both went over for the Barbarians, with Jack Kane converting... Atchison then got his second of the match just before half-time, which left Ramsey 38-19 in front at the break. In the second half, though, uh, Ramsey started with real high pace. Uh, Jake Richmond uh, scored two right after the uh, restart. Brandon Atchison then ran in for one. He completed his hat-trick, and there was also time for a score from Braden Roach. And by that stage... Uh, Ramsey were up to 62 points to 19 ahead. In the final 10 minutes, there were two big tries for uh, Harry Curran. He scored his hat-trick and uh, converted the last one himself as well for a 64, th- sorry, 62-31 final score. Uh, not a bad result. 
the Barbarians scored more than four tries, which means they're going to pick up a bonus point. And Ramsey will continue at the top of the table now, played three, won three, 100% record for them. And I think they've got a 10-point lead, although there are still quite a few matches to play in this competition. So uh, nobody will be counting their chickens there. Uh, congratulations to both sides for an excellent performance. It was cold, it was windy, uh, but they threw that ball around and uh, 15 tries in the game tells you that it was uh, a game of attack, attack and attack right from the very start. Okay, Dave, we'll just bring it back to uh, Douglas's results at Birkenhead Park today. As you said uh, earlier as as well, the fact that many will consider this to be a very respectable result against the Birkenhead Park side who are doing extremely well in the Regional 2 Northwest as it stands so far this season. When we spoke on Friday Sport Preview yesterday, you mentioned that Douglas have some of the, in inverted commas, big five teams in this division coming up in the coming weeks, uh, starting next uh, with Bowdoin next time around. So uh, what positives can Douglas take from this particular result, even though they've come away empty-handed? Well, they can look at the table to start with. And, uh, I mean, the results last weekend, uh, Birkenhead Park won 35-19 away at Crewe and Nantwich. And Crewe and Nantwich are in fourth place in the standings. And they're not uh, going to be outside of the promotion stakes themselves. And 35-19, it's, it's quite a big score. And uh, Douglas, to go to Birkenhead Park... Uh, lose by 19 points, fair enough. They are the league leaders. They've only lost once this season. Uh, but uh, that will really give Douglas a boost. And the performance they had against Burnage uh, two weeks ago, uh, they won uh, 33-10 at Portashee. And uh, that game, with Burnage in the top half of the table, or at least they were at that stage, uh, Burnage themselves would have been thinking, uh, we're going to pick up some points here at Douglas, who were a lot lower down the standings. Uh, and those games when you think you may just uh, be able to sneak something if you have a bit of good luck and then beating them by 23 points. And then you think, well, we're going to the league leaders this weekend. We're going to get absolutely slaughtered. And you get over there and it's not that, uh, it's not that far away. And uh, Phil Kringle said a couple of weeks ago, the Douglas coach, uh, he said it's, it's very easy to play well. It's much more difficult to win. Uh, so uh, he's happy with the way that the team's performing, the way the individual players are putting in the effort. Uh, and he knows that with uh, Douglas with four losing bonus points in the bag, uh, you pick up a losing bonus point in, in this league, at least if you finish within seven points of the opposition. So Douglas on four occasions have already been within seven points of one score. Of uh, of the teams that have beaten them, and uh, you know, you take those four losing bonus points, uh, you convert them into four wins, and all of a sudden, uh, Douglas are probably four wins from those bonus points, probably fourth, maybe third. You know, it's it's that close. The margins between winning and losing, so uh, it, it is a very tight league. It's very tight at the bottom. It's also very tight at the top. And uh, Douglas won't be embarrassed at all at uh, at losing to the league leaders by 19. And they'll fancy their chances against Bowden and Portishe. Uh, they've got home advantage. The uh, visitors have got all the trials and tribulations that go with travelling. And head to head over the years, they've played. Uh, Bowden quite a few times, 17 occasions. Douglas are ahead on the wins, 9-8. So it's, it's that close. Uh, the last time they played was 11th of February this year. Bowden beat them by 10 points at Portishee. Um, previous to that, they beat them by 20-odd in uh, November 2022. But Douglas won away at Bowden in February 2022. So uh, 
you know, the, the playing record suggests that it could be quite a tight one next week. And despite Bowden's lofty position, Douglas has got uh, a real good chance to pick up points at home. And turning now to Vagabonds in the County's 4 ADM Langs Cheshire, as we've already alluded to, had a strong start to the season. When we spoke about this particular fixture away at bottom of the table, Blackpool, you said that uh, Vagabonds, if they've got ambitions to try and get promoted back into the step above, they have to start picking up maximum points against the uh, bottom sides like Blackpool today. Uh, Francis Commissioner Sakoji came in in a tough situation last season, but Vagabonds starting to pick up points, and like you say, they've managed to meet those expectations today. Are we seeing a little bit of a different side to Vagabonds as it stands? Yeah, I mean, the, the big difference came for them last year when Frenzy came in as coach mid-season. Uh, then they managed to sign Daniel Bomwick uh, just after Christmas. He's given them uh, an out and out 10. Uh, Cam Finley was doing a cracking job in there, but uh, Cam can play in multiple positions and 10 isn't necessarily the one he's best in. Uh, they've been using him at fullback and wing as well. So having an out and out number 10 uh, really give them a little bit of focus. Uh, Bonwick's a great player. I mean, I've watched him since he was uh, a junior coming into the Ramsey Seniors squad before he moved to Vagabonds. And uh, he played in the Commonwealth Youth Games in 2011. I think he scored against Sri Lanka, I think, in the uh, for the Isle of Man in the Youth Games. So uh, he's a real quality player. Uh, he's not massive in stature, but uh, he's strong, he's fast, he's physical, he's aggressive. He can kick, run and pass. He's got the, the full all-round game. That made a big difference for them. It gave them some uh, impetus going forward. And uh, that's been carried on this season. There's a couple of new players come into the side as well. Uh, Gavin uh, Turnbull made his debut last week. Uh, they started him in the second row last week, and he's, uh, he's up in the back row. I've yet to see him play. Uh, Vagabond's next home match isn't now until uh, after Christmas, I think. Yeah, 6th of January, the next home game against Ellesmere Port. Uh, so they've got uh, an away trip to make before then. They go to league leaders Ashton under line on the 9th of December. Uh, and I think they might well have a Cheshire um, bowl game in between now and then as well. And uh, they've lined up, I think, a friendly match for Ramsey or Southern Nomads on the 18th of November too, just to keep them in touch and keep them ticking over in this little gap in the fixture list. Uh, it's a little bit difficult for Vagabonds this season. There's an odd number of teams in this league, which means everybody sits out. And uh, Vagabonds uh, have got this uh, little gap there. Uh, yeah, it's an eight-team league, sorry. So you've only got uh, 14 fixtures in total. There's 26 weeks in a rugby season. So they've got a number of blank weeks to fill in. Uh, so that's not going to help them. But the players will, of course, be well-rested during that period. And if they can get a Cheshire Bowl game in and a friendly against Ramsey or Southern Nomads, uh, that will keep them ticking over nicely. But uh, the introduction of Bonwick uh, last season uh, sort of started to pick things up a little bit for them. And uh, him playing, I mean, he, he wasn't there for the uh, uh, the game against Birchfield, I think he was missing with a head injury, uh, but uh, he's back in now. And uh, we always say at Ramsey, after he left, that he's worth 10 points. Uh, you have him in your team, he's worth 10 points for every game. And uh, one player, when the, when you're there and thereabouts, just one extra player who knows what he's doing can really make a big difference. Dave Christian, as always, thank you very much. Manx Radio Sport.
And finally this evening we turn our attention to Manx Hockey and another break in the leagues this week because the competition has been intensifying in the Mixed Cup competitions again this weekend at the semi-final stage of the Mixed Cup, Mixed Plate and Mixed Bowl. And what's more, after a two-week break over half-term, the Mixed Under-15s League returned to action this weekend as well. Bringing him in for the first time, as always, he's been waiting there very patiently for his time to shine. Ben Cunningham, very good evening to you. Very good evening. Uh, yeah, some uh, cracking results. Yeah, let's go through them. Indeed, let's uh, go right into them. We'll start with the Mixed Cup semi-finals that took place today. The uh, first of those pushing back today was at 12.35. That sees Valkyze up against uh, Castletown Celts. Both of them lost their respective games in midweek, but Valkyze in particular still looking strong towards the uh, top of the table at the moment. Uh, finishing up, Valkyze 3, Castletown Celts 3. Very entertaining game, but Valkyze edging it on penalty strokes by 5-3, to three, Ben. Yeah, uh, an absolutely fantastic game. Valkyries uh, went out there and were 3-0 up, and then Castletown came from 3-0 down to get it back to 3-0 to take it to Flicks. Um, absolutely incredible comeback from Castletown Celts, and they'll be disappointed they've lost on Flicks, but it was a command, a absolutely, absolute f- fantastic comeback they did. For Castletown, it was Macklin Wilson, Steve Ronan and Dulcie Tier all with goals. And then for Valkyries, eh, it was Greg Miller, Ollie Webster and Jess Loder. And of all, although, of course, they were eventually the losing side today, as your predecessor, Sam Spooner, once said, never write off a Castletown team in Manx hockey. Exactly. And there were people that were stood around me going, 3-0, that's game over. And they were wrong. They were indeed, they were wrong. And for Valkyries as well, loss in midweek to Vikings A with Vikings A now leapfrogging to the top of the uh, the, the mixed Premier League. But for Valkyries A, a great result to bounce back with and now with a chance this season of some silverware. Absolutely, they'll be definitely looking ahead now to the, sem- to the, sorry, to the final because the team they lost to in midweek are not now in the final. And that's the result we're going to go on to now because the other semi-final in the Mixed Cup taking place today also at the NSC. 205 pushback, the meeting of two Douglas rivals, Vikings A and Backers A. Vikings A moving to the top of the Mixed Premier League, as we said in midweek with that win over Valkyries A, up against a Backers A side who, after a slightly slower start than usual, defending champions in the league have started picking up results and... Backers have done the job today. They are through to the final. It finished Vikings A3, Backers A4, Ben. Yeah, and Backers A came back uh, three times in this game. They were 1-0 down, 1-0, 2-1 2-0, down, 2-0, 3-2 down, 3-0. And then they went and got the winner in the second half. Um, an absolutely uh, incredible game, end-to-end. Either team could have won it. And you could see how much effort... And passion was put into the game because at full time, when the whistle went, the Vikings players they were on the floor. They just couldn't couldn't believe that they'd lost it by just a single goal. And I did say in my preview it could come down to just one little mistake or one piece of brilliance, and it did. For Vikings, it was Sarah Blackman, Kim Carney, and John Ferrells. And then for backers, a it was Callum Rob, Chris Whiten, Isabella Craig. And the winning goal was scored by Elliot Reid, which sets up the cup final, uh, which is going to be Valkyries A against Backers A. And Valkyries A will probably look at this going, we've beaten Backers already, can we do it again and get the cup? 
We'll wait until we'll come back to that in just a couple of minutes as to who is making the uh, the finals on the 9th of uh, December. But by the sounds of it, that uh, second game as well as the first great advert for mixed Manx hockey. Let's move into the mixed plate semi-finals. And this was the meeting in both semi-finals. The first of those between the bottom two in Division 1 at the moment. Valkyrie C, second from bottom against Castletown Camags, bottom of mixed Division 1 at the moment. And Valkyrie C with a convincing win here to get themselves through to the final, beating Castletown Camags 6-1. Yeah, and I caught the end of uh, this game um, and I was speaking to people who had been down watching it and they said just Castletown had so many chances, they were just missing that final bit to get it in the goal. Uh, for Castletown, it was Alistair Ledgers with uh, the consolation for Castletown and then for Valkyries, it was Chris Thomas with three and Jules Collis with three. And in the other semi-final, it was the meeting of the top two in Mixed Division 1. They'd already had a very close encounter in the uh, Mixed Division 1 in the league earlier in the season. Valkyries B against Castletown Southerners out at QE2 in Peel. And uh, Valkyries B second in the league, Castletown top. And it's the team at the top of the league that's taken the spoils here to reach the Mixed Plate final. Valkyries B nil, Castletown Southerners won. Yeah, and uh, in the league, it was 1-0. And today in the semi-final, it's ended 1-0 and... Castletown Southerners, I'm sure at full time, were all gathered around and singing uh, Ruby McCubbin's uh, uh, name because she's she's the player that's got the goal, which has put them through to the final. Um, yeah, absolutely uh, fantastic result for Castletown Southerners. And both reports I've had from that game were it was end-to-end, proper, full-on, intense. It could have gone either way. Apparently, Valkyries had so many chances, they just couldn't put them away. But on the day, Castletown Southerners have got the win and they're through to the final. And that's what you want to see from a cup game particularly as well. Not that it isn't the case in league games, of course, but in cup games particularly, when it's all on the line for those 70 minutes, that's what you want to be seeing. And by the sounds of it, from the reports here you've been receiving, that was a great advert for cup competition in Manx hockey. Absolutely, and you only need to look at the the other results as well, uh, the cup and then the bowl, which we're going to look at next. But all of the semi-finals have been so close. And it's great to see really good competitive uh, cup action. Well, then let's move on to the mixed bowl semi-finals. Five past 11 pushback at QE2 and Peel saw a battle of the D teams, Valkyries D, hosting a Vikings D side who have been extremely dominant in mixed division two so far this season. And they have added to that dominance so far this season by reaching the final of the mixed bowl as well. Valkyries D1, Vikings D3. Yeah, and Katie Errols with two, Adam Braywood with one for Val- uh, for Vikings D. And then for Valkyries D, it was Liam Harrison. Valkyries D will be disappointed, but... Again, another real close game and both reports, again, it could have gone either way. Just Vikings D were more clinical today. Seems to be the crucial thing, doesn't it? And in the other mixed ball semi-final, five past two pushback up in the north of the island at Ramsey Grammar School. So back as Colts up against Ramsey Ravens and both these teams with a bit of a, a checkered run at the moment in terms of the, their league form. So maybe this could be the platform for something else. Uh, back as Colts won, Ramsey Ravens won. So locked together after the allotted time, but back as Colts winning on penalty strokes 3-1. Yeah, and it was uh, George Lease for back as Colts and then Lewis Neal for Ramsey Ravens. Uh, but as you said, both of these teams have had the same season. And we did say in our pre- in the preview that this game could potentially go to flicks or just come down to a single mistake and it's gone to flicks. And backers have gone through to the final where they'll meet Vikings D. 
Well, we'll take a brief look at what the finals will entail in a few minutes. But of course, we had the return of the mixed under-15s league this week. After two weekends away because of the half-term break, let's take a look through the results there. We had two games pushing back at 12.35. We'll start with the one in the north of the island. Ramsey Rogues and Rascals up against Bacazé. And a big win for Bacazé today, beating Ramsey Rogues and Rascals by 11 goals to one. Yeah, an absolutely commanding result there for Bacazé. Uh, Ryan Cartwright with five. Callum Joyce with three. Uh, Miles Stevens, uh, Stevenson with uh, one, uh, Alice Kameen with uh, one, and Amelia uh, Gledard with one. And then for Ramsey Rogues and Rascals, the consolation was by Toby Bashford. And in the other 12.35 pushback, much closer this one at Castle Russian High School between Backers B and Castletown Sabres. Backers winners here by three goals to two. Yeah, an absolutely uh, great game there at, down at Castle Russian High School. I, I, I dread to think how cold it's been down there, Castle Russian, today. Uh, it was a bit nifty down the NSC where I was. Uh, Kieran Berry, uh, Grace Taylor and Amelia Krukel uh, with goals for Backers B. And then for Castletown Sabres, it was Lola Hornby with both goals. And the other two games were five past two pushbacks. Another at Castle Russian High School was Castletown Sharks up against Vikings. And uh, a good result here for Castletown Sharks up against Vikings. Castletown Sharks winning by three goals to one. Yeah, great result there for Castletown Sharks. I know Vikings have got a lot of new younger players coming through there on the 15s team. But they're getting a team out week in, week out. And, you know... I, I've seen I've seen the Vikings under 15s team at the end of the game and their heads are not down you know at the end of the day they're, they're glad that they're getting the games and as today's proven you know they've gave Castletown a good game there uh, Char- Charlie Volga with one uh, Henny Cummin with one and uh, Aline, Aline sorry Aline Moosley with one and then for Vikings it was Henry Stewart with the goal for them and last but certainly not least, at five past two at QE2 and Peel, saw Valkyries versus Harlequins in the mixed under-15s league. And this looks like an entertaining game. Eight goals, but Valkyries edging this one by five goals to three. Yeah, great game this. Uh, yet again, this this proves just how good this under-15s league is, as well as what you know the cup games have been today. Uh, Caleb Blakemore with a hat-trick for Harlequins. And then Valkyries' goal scorers was uh, Amelia Dawn, uh, Amelia Dawn with one, William Miller with two, and Liam Harrison with two. Well, those are the hockey results today. So uh, just for the last few minutes, we'll take a look at uh, what awaits us, I suppose, in the Mixed Cup, Mixed Plate and Mixed Bowl finals taking place on the 9th of December. So still plenty of things to consider in the meantime before the games come around. But let's take a look at the final two remaining in the Mixed Cup. Valkyze and Bakaze. Valkyze, a strong season for them so far, despite that loss in midweek that's seen them just drop back a little bit from the summit of the Mixed Premier League. And Bakaze, the defending champions after a slightly um, slower start, I suppose, by their very high standards. Um, Picking up some good results first in midweek in the league and then today up against Vikings A who are leading the mixed Premier League a big result for uh, Backers A I mean Ben for different reasons and the different seasons they're having this has the hallmarks of an extremely tight tight mixed cup final absolutely and once uh, the results were in for both this game and uh, for Backers A's game and Valkyrie's A's game everybody was as they were leaving the pitch were going that's going to be a very, very close final. And I'm sure it is going to be a really close final. Like you say, both teams have had such a great season. Obviously, backers didn't get off to the best of starts, but their forms improved. However, Valkyries have were yet were not hadn't lost a game 
until midweek, and then they only just lost to Vikings A uh, midweek three two. So that game's going to have a lot riding on it, and I I'm I know for sure that's going to probably be a really intense game. And for the upcoming mixed plate final, that'll see uh, Valkyrie C second from bottom in mixed division one at the moment, up against Castletown Southern as currently top of uh, mixed division one. Although there's gaps between these two sides in the table, when it comes to a cup final, all that goes to one side. And Valkyries they put six past Castletown Camags today, so it's a clinical performance. Despite the fact that Castletown Southerners may at this stage be going into uh, that final in December as favourites, Valkyrie C will surely go in with a lot of confidence, not just for getting there, but how they got there in today's semi final absolutely and i mean you know valkyries have got six there today against camags um and then southerners just only got the one goal past uh, valkyries b but as you say league form is all out the window when it comes to cup competitions because in the cup competitions anything could happen because as as you know some teams uh don't enter all their club senior teams because of availability because once they're cup tied to a team they're not eligible then to play for another team so it'll be really interesting to see how Valkyries come out against Castle Summers whether they'll be stronger than their league team or whether they'll be just as just as good as their league team but Castletown Summers as you say would probably come into that one favourites. And then looking towards the mixed bowl final as well on the same day, the 9th of December. Vikings D, who we've already mentioned, uh, have a commanding position at the moment in uh, mixed division two up against uh, Backers Colts. Slightly different, I suppose, to the matchup as it stands between Valkyrie and Castan Southerners in the mixed plate. Vikings D, solid in the league at the moment. They are the team to beat in that division at the moment. But Backers Colts, we have seen them, like Ramsey Ravens, who they played today, have uh, come up with the goods on occasions and are capable of these these big performances as well. So how important is it that Vikings D don't take this particular final lightly? Um, quite, quite, quite very much. Uh, they need to make sure that they uh, go out and play like they have all season. Um, I mean, backers Colts will be looking at it because Vikings D, although they've been commanding and getting score scoring loads of goals, they have been letting goals slip in. So backers Colts will be looking at this, going right: is their defense a bit leaky in places, or could is there a way that we can get through and find the uh, the Vikings goal? However, Vikings though they've had an absolutely brilliant season up front, scoring plenty of goals. I mean. I think it's. I think there's about three Vikings players in that league that are all running for top goal scorer. So there's they've got an absolute uh, powerhouse of uh, strikers in there that in that uh, team. But as you say, when it comes down to a cup game, anything could happen. And I'm sure, like you say, Vikings D will be taking no risks in that game. They'll want the silverware. That's the games today and looking forward. And uh, we've got just a couple of minutes left. But Ben, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the news that came out uh, yesterday with uh, Manx hockey star Sienna Dunn being named in the England Junior World Cup squad. That tournament getting underway in Chile later this month. We've already seen Sienna Dunn's exploits uh, in the England system at the moment. She's not just played for them, she's captained them on occasion. But how good is that for both Sienna Dunn and for Manx hockey as well to see someone in an England squad at a Junior World Cup on a big stage like that? Absolutely, it's absolutely phenomenal, and many congratulations. I'm sure from, well, yeah, I speak on behalf of everyone probably from the island that plays Banks hockey. I'm sure they all want to pass their congratulations on to it. It's an absolutely fantastic achievement for someone to come from, as people say, such a small island. But it proves that we've got players that are 
quality who've got the quality to go across and potentially be selected and Sienna Dunn's gone and done that and she's now been selected for as you say that tournament which it's going to be a fantastic sight to see her play and knowing that she's come from the Isle of Man and she's one of us. Absolutely. Well, uh, Ben, as always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much indeed for your time. That's all we have time for on uh, Manx Radio Saturday Sport Classified this week. Thank you so much for joining us for all the results and analysis across Manx football, rugby and hockey across the Isle of Man and beyond today. We'll now be handing over to uh, Christy Haven over on the uh, Saturday Live Lounge back on our FM frequency. Thank you very much. Have yourself a wonderful Saturday night and have yourself a wonderful rest of your weekend as well. But from us, until next time, it's bye for now. Manx Radio Sport.